Welcome to the Profitable Nutritionist Podcast, where your host and fellow nutritional therapy practitioner, Andrea Nordling, teaches you how to grow a sustainable, impactful, and consistently profitable health and wellness practice by following her proven formula. Oh, oh, oh. We are getting into it today, my friend. (laughs) If you think it's always rainbows and daisies and perfectly executed promotions over here at ANHQ, think again. (laughs) Nothing in business is linear. Not in mine, not in yours. And actually, that is not a problem whatsoever. The problem is thinking that it should be linear and that the graph of all important metrics should trend upwards always and something has gone massively, drastically wrong if that isn't the case. No, no, no. Now, do we want growth markers to trend upwards? Yes, yes, my friend, we do. (laughs) Will there inevitably be times that the graph goes down? Sure will. And what you do in those times is what sets you apart from a stressed overwhelmed and broke business owner that changes their entire business the minute things aren't going as planned, and a profitable, confident business owner that will be here for the long haul, making all the money and enjoying all the time freedom that our type of business can provide. Those are two very different people. I want you to choose option B. How do we do that? Well, first of all, we talk about the ugly stuff, and that's what we are going to do today. (laughs) Specifically, how and what to evaluate in your business and how to troubleshoot a failed launch or a failed promotion. And you might be wondering, how do I know how to do this? How does she know? Well, because I've done it many, many times. In fact, here at ANHQ, we recently had a launch that did not perform as expected at all. And I want to share with you the evaluation process we've gone through afterwards to troubleshoot and better prepare for the next one. I also want to say that in my career of years and years and years, not that many years, but Years and years and years since 2015, as being an online business owner, I have had more failed launches than successful ones. What do I mean by failed and success? Did I hit the goal? Did I not hit the goal? Most of the time, don't hit the goal. Now, sometimes that's because the goal is too big. Sometimes that's because the goal was intentionally a stretch. Other times, it's because things did not go right. (laughs) And that's what happened with us in September. I'm going to tell you all about it. You're going to learn so much and you're going to feel so understood and validated and calm if you think that this is only happening to you. (laughs) If you're stressed about this and you feel like, oh my gosh, I don't hit my numbers, my launches aren't bringing in what I want them to, I'm putting in all of this work, all of this effort, and it's just not panning out and you think you're the only one, you are not the only one. It's part of the gig. Nothing has gone wrong, but that doesn't mean that we can't learn from it and make it better. Okay. Before we get into the nitty gritty today, I have two things to tell you. First of all, disclaimer, PSA, you have to hear this. This is advanced stuff. I repeat, this is advanced advanced. You do not need to worry about this in the beginning of your business. In the beginning of your business, your number one goal is getting scrappy and learning how to sell and making money. At that point, it's all about the messaging and your belief in yourself, your belief in your people, your belief in your offer, and your belief in the viability of your business as a whole. Okay. It's all about the beliefs. It's all about just getting scrappy, rolling up your sleeves and doing the things. But as you grow to six and multiple six figures and you're setting your business up to scale, 
with probably dedicated promotions and launches and ads maybe, with sales page testing, with one-to-many selling through your copy, when you're selling through more referral sources, you have other people sending traffic your way, et cetera. This level of evaluation and what I'm talking about today is going to come up and you are going to make way better decisions if you're following this process and you know what to expect. So I have to reiterate this. This is advanced stuff. If you haven't made 50 or 100K in your business so far, this is going to be just a fun episode for you to listen to, but it is not something that you need to be implementing anytime soon. You got to get scrappy. You got to sell to the people. You got to deliver life-changing results to them, and you just got to do it. (laughs) But when you've done that, then you are systematizing, and then you are launching, and then you are getting bigger, and you are using automations and hiring a team and systematizing the whole the whole thing, then this is when it is very important to hear what I am about to say. That is the first thing. Secondly, I am teaching a live class next week on October 30th to pull back the curtain even more on what I'm sharing today, including sharing some very juicy, sexy, amazing screenshots on the exact data that we are looking at to evaluate the past quarter and troubleshoot this uh, <clears throat> recent failed launch. <laughs> so if you're listening to this episode in real time, you need to go to theprofitablenutritionist.com slash profit to register for the free class. The class is called Behind the Scenes of a Million Dollar Coaching Business, Finding Five Hidden Pockets of Profit. You are going to get a visual of all of this that I'm talking about today on the class, including all of the details for the Streamline and Scale Mastermind, which has applications opening on that day as well. So again, if you've made at least $50,000 in your business and you are scaling to multiple six figures in the next 12 months, you need to apply for a spot in the Intimate Mastermind group. Do not know what I'm talking about? Well, all of the details will be shared on the upcoming class and you can always get those at the Mastermind Details page, which is theprofitablenutritionist.com slash mastermind. I'm going to throw a lot of links at you today. I'm going to throw a lot of resources at you. Just know that those are always also linked up in the show notes of the episode. So if you're listening while you're driving or working out or whatever, you can go back to the show notes and get those links. But I just want you to know, if you are listening to this episode before October 30th, you need to sign up for the five pockets of profit webinar at the profitable slash profit. If you're listening to this episode in the future, you can get all of the details and the dates of the next round of the mastermind at theprofitablenutritionist.com slash mastermind. <sighs> okay. I feel like I have laid the groundwork for what we are about to talk about. You are understanding what's happening here. This is advanced, but it's important. Okay. Let's get into it. In my business, we evaluate a lot. This is also a process that I teach in the streamline and scale process inside the mastermind because it changes everything in your business when you're making decisions based on data instead of emotions. We do a dedicated evaluation of each launch and promotion here, and we also do quarterly evaluations and yearly evaluations as well. So I want to just give you kind of an idea about how this works because they both factor into the discussion. But just know that data evaluation, when I'm talking about that here, is both micro and macro. So macro, like big picture goals, quarterly goals, yearly goals, all of that. And then micro is per promotion or per month or... I mean, depending on how your business model is structured, it could be per client consultation or per client or per referral partner, micro and macro, okay? In the business and uh, like in the business as a whole and in a specific launch. 
I am going to heavily walk you through evaluating a specific launch in this episode in particular, because we had one that went real squirrely and I have a lot to say about it. (laughs) But if you want more of a deep dive on advanced launching in particular, check out episode 68 after you get done with this episode. Again, that will also be linked up in the show notes. And it's called my advanced launch planning process that works where I give my whole process around launching. And I really talk about the different, uh, the different way that I launch and that I teach in the mastermind. That is a pretty sharp departure from how other people explain launching and execute launching. I think it works way better. And I think that it will allow you to retain your sanity (laughs) and take better care of yourself if you launch the way I teach. So that's episode 68. You can check that out if you want more info on launching in particular. Okay. So all that to say, evaluating is huge. That's the big theme of this episode. Evaluate, evaluate, evaluate. Now, in the earlier stages of my business, and I've talked about this before, but it bears repeating, I avoided evaluating because it was boring. It was not sexy. It was not fun. It was not exciting. Like to me, marketing and selling and creating new things. That's so exciting. Those are the things I want to do. It's probably the things you want to do too, right? And here's the great part. That gets us to a certain level of success in our business by being scrappy and by doing the new things and creating the new things and focusing on marketing and selling and all of it. Great but it's not going to get you to the next stage of business. (laughs) We have to unlearn a lot of these things and develop new skill sets to get to the next level, which is multiple six figures and a business where you are working less, you are impacting more people, but you are actually working less in the business. You're working on the business, less in the business. How do we get there? Well, we have to evaluate. Like I said, in the earlier stages of my business, I didn't want to evaluate. I wanted to do the fun things, the exciting things, the sexy things. And guess what? I didn't make as much money in the beginning of my business. What a shock, right? Must be a coincidence. (laughs) No, not so much. When we start evaluating and we start using data to drive our decisions instead of excitement and urgency, we make a whole lot more money and we help a whole lot more people. And that is the name of the game. So take it from me and get into the habit of collecting and evaluating your data as soon as possible, especially if you're at the six or multiple six figure level. Okay. Now I teach evaluating also in the Profitable Nutritionist Foundational Program. It's important at every stage of the game, but what you're evaluating is going to change as your business grows and matures. Okay. So back to my failed launch in September, here is the background. I, uh, like this particular launch, I'm going to just kind of tell you a little bit about it. I do a five day free training called clients week that kicks off the open enrollment period for the profitable nutritionist program, which is then open for students to join for six days. So the TPN program, if you do not know, is not open all of the time. Neither is the mastermind for that matter. And those are the two things that I sell. Foundational is the Profitable Nutritionist Program. If you are just starting out in your business or you haven't made fifty dollars to $100,000 in your business yet, you want to join TPN. And you can do that on a quarterly basis during our dedicated enrollment dates, okay? So that's what this launch was for. It was to kick off the open enrollment period for TPN, which is a five-day free training. And on day four of the training, the doors open for the program. They're open for six days for people to join. Okay. Like I said, enrollment opens quarterly with a similar big free training or a webinar or some sort of a free teaching that I do that kicks off the short enrollment period. I choose to do open and closed enrollment periods for that program because it allows me and my team to allocate our focus between the marketing and the fulfillment at different times, which works really well for us. It's just a decision I made three years ago 
that decision is still working. I am not revisiting it anytime soon. Although a lot of people question, why isn't it open all the time? Why can't we join all the time? Because we have systems in place that allow us to do a really good job marketing and promoting and enrolling into the program and then turning off that process I mean, for a dedicated amount of time and switching into fulfillment mode and making it an excellent onboarding experience and coaching experience inside the program. So there's different focuses at different times. That works really well for my my brain. It works really well for my team. That's how our systems and processes are set up. So there's no better or worse. There's just different strategy between open and closed launches. In fact, I should probably do an entire podcast in the future on that. <laughs> Note to self, all right? But this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about open and closed launches. It means that there is a a period of time when you can buy and otherwise you can't. Now, evergreen is the opposite of that, which is open all of the time. Just want to educate you on the vernacular that I use here, open, close, or evergreen. I do not have evergreen programs at this point. The mastermind is also only open for a certain amount of time where we're taking applications. That happens twice a year. <clears throat> cough, cough. The mastermind applications are opening for the January round on October 30th. If you've made at least $50,000 in your business, you should probably be applying. That is a incredibly profitable investment. I don't know how I want to say this. It's a, it's a very elite group of people. It's an intimate group. If you are scaling your business to multiple six figures, you need to be in the room. Okay, I've already said that. Moving on. Different strategies between open close launches and evergreen. Neither is right or wrong. You get the picture. But I do open close and I do these quarterly launches, have been doing them for years. So this is the fifth time I have done this exact free training. Okay. This client's week training, it's a five-day free training. It is modules of actual pre-recorded videos that are taken from inside the Profitable Nutritionist program about how to sign and attract 10 of your perfect clients over 60 days. And then that is days one through four. I'm teaching, I'm giving actual content from inside my program. And then on day five, which is Friday, I do a live Ask Me Anything Q&A. So Monday through Thursday is an email during the week. If anybody has registered for the Clients Week event, they're gonna get that email with a link to watch the video for the day. It's sent out first thing in the morning. And then on Friday, we email a link to meet live on Zoom. And I do that Q&A for any questions that came up during the week about the client's week material or if they have questions about joining the Profitable Nutritionist program, which by that point is open for enrollment. So I'm just giving you kind of a background on what this launch looks like. But I want to not gloss over the fact that I have done this five times now, this exact same launch, okay? Don't be afraid to tweak and then repeat what works. Why have I done this exact same free training five times? Because it works. People rave about the results that they get, and it is fantastic in the structure of the material, getting people uh, a quick win, giving them an understanding of how they can make more money in their business, and showing them what we can do in the Profitable Nutritionist program to take all of that and build on it and give them even better results. It works. This launch works. So I keep doing it. I tweak it every time I do it a little bit differently. The emails might be different. The messaging might be different. I'm going to tell you about some of the things we did differently for this launch in particular, but the bones of it is the same. And I want you to really think about that for your business, especially if you are scaling and um, systematizing things. What is already working that you can keep doing? You can just make it better, but keep doing it. I think kind of touching back on the point that I made earlier, our brains want to do the sexy, fun, exciting creation stuff. Let's do something new. Let's do something new. Let's do something new. And that's usually not the best. <laughs> it's so sad. Like I get almost sad when I say this. It's usually not the best strategy. The best strategy is usually to build on something that's already working and make it work even better. 
Okay. The boring stuff. That's what we have to do. So fifth time doing this launch, it's actually not boring to me because it makes the lift a lot lighter for me and for my team to do something that we've already done multiple times. So it's a great strategy to be honest. But anyway, for this launch, we promote for three weeks ahead of the actual training. And then, like I said, there's six days where the cart is open for people to enroll in the program. And so we have six days of sales emails going out while the enrollment is open. This is my usual launch format. So if you are on my email list and you have been around for any length of time, you have probably noticed this tempo. It's weekly emails a couple a week until we are in a promotion and getting ready for a quarterly launch. And then the frequency of those emails ramps up considerably. You're going to be getting a lot of emails. Everything is email in my business. And it has been for the last three years that I've been selling the TPN program. So yes, I also talk about the program here on my podcast, but the communication that we rely on as a business to market to you is primarily through email. So if you aren't getting my emails, you are missing a lot of juicy stuff, by the way, (laughs) just saying my primary focus is in emails, creating great emails, um, getting valuable emails into your inbox. So email heavy promotions. That's what my business structure is. With that being said, there's a lot of copy to write and to get edited and to get scheduled for these launches because they are very, very email heavy. And I've been adding to the emails that go out for each launch as I repeat the launches for three years now. So I just want to say, you do not have to start with a big launch like this, but just know that there are 50 plus emails that go out over those three weeks of promotion and the six days of selling when the cart is open for the program, which means there's registration page copy to write. There's sales page copy to write. There's a lot of email copy to write. There's just a lot. For this launch, we wrote affiliate swipe copy, meaning we had students in the Profitable Nutritionist program that wanted to promote the program to their audiences. So I pre-wrote swipe copy for them to be able to grab and copy paste and make their own to send out to their audiences. So that was also more copy that needed to be written. Now, all that to say, once again, circling back, yours doesn't need to be that robust, but I just want to explain to you the process here internally on how our launches are now running. And this will all play in (laughs) as I tell you about the, the great launch flop of September, 2023. Uh, It wasn't that bad, but anyway, we're going to get into it. So the launch process that I teach in the mastermind is to have everything done in advance. And in case you don't know about my launch process, if you haven't listened to episode 68, I am going to kind of just give you an overview there. I am so glad that I follow my own process with my launches and I had all things done in advance because when the wheels fell off in September, which I'm going to tell you about, it was all hands on deck for five days straight to figure out what the heck was going on and to pivot and to troubleshoot. Okay. But we could do that because everything had been done in advance, meaning all 50 plus emails had already been written well in advance, weeks in advance, pre-scheduled. They were ready to go. There was no loosey-goosey doing things the day of, oh my gosh, I have to get tomorrow's email written and scheduled today. There's none of that. I have lived that launch life. That is a very stressful launch life. <laughs> I do not recommend it at all. So everything is done well in advance. And I do that because it helps my brain to calm down. And because practically speaking, if things do go wrong, you have the white space to figure out how well, how you're going to fix it and to really get in there and roll up your sleeves, which is what happened to us in September. So all the launch copy was written and prepped well in advance. Like I said, part of my launch process that I teach. And then we do an in-depth evaluation afterwards, which is also part of the launch process where as a team, 
we go through what went well, what didn't go well, and what we're going to do differently. And there we're able to see different aspects of the launch so clearly, specifically because we're looking at the data that we collected that we're reviewing during the evaluation process. I haven't talked a lot about the data yet, but I just want to say that we are actually looking at numbers. So when we're doing this team evaluation afterwards, we are looking at very specific metrics and we are comparing them to past launches since we are repeating the same launches over and over again, or the same basic format over and over again. We're able to see trends and we're able to quickly catch if something is going wrong because we kind of have a baseline to be um, comparing against. So again, when you are doing launches in your business and a launch, by the way, and I talk about this a lot in episode 68. So definitely go listen to that if this is on your radar, but a launch is just a dedicated promotion period. So don't be confused about this word launch. I keep throwing out. It's just a dedicated amount of time where you are specifically promoting one thing. Okay. You're collecting data. You're getting a lot of information during a promotion period that you can then evaluate afterwards to make better for next time. But don't be scared about the word launch. Launch isn't anything other than a dedicated promotion time. Okay. All right. So I told you that we have a process for this already where we evaluate internally afterwards so that we can make it better for next time. But also it's so important that I have my calendar pretty much clear during the launch. And I do, I do this, like I said, so that we can have the space and time and bandwidth to fix things if they come up, but also because I have learned that it is really important for me to be able to be coaching myself and getting coached and doing some journaling, which is also something I teach in the mastermind of specifically how to manage your mind during launches, because during a big promotion or a launch, that is really priority number one for you to keep your sanity and for you to keep your head checked. Okay. If you don't have a practice for this, you are inevitably going to get caught in the mid launch slump. And that mid launch slump is when no one is buying and it's crickets out there (laughs) because most sales come in at the beginning and at the end of a launch or promotion. Okay. So in the mid launch slump, if you don't have a self-coaching practice, if you're not getting coached, if you are not surrounded by people who get what you're doing and can help you through this, you are going to freak yourself out. You're going to start doing really desperate and weird things because you are going to forget that this is part of the launch process. You're going to forget that the mid-launch slump is a thing. <laughs> and you'll think, oh my gosh, nothing is working. What I've what is happening? I have to do, I have to do something completely different. And you'll you'll get weird on yourself. Okay. Part of my process during a launch is keeping a launch journal each day during my self-coaching time so that it's easier to evaluate after the fact. I would highly recommend doing this for yourself. And actually, I am referencing this launch journal as I'm going to be going through this launch and telling you about it on this episode, which was really helpful to have because I didn't have to guess at what was going on each day. (laughs) I'm referencing my launch journal as well as our post-launch evaluation to give you all the details. So let's get into it. I'm going to give you the specific numbers so this is easier for you to follow. Our goal for the September 2023 Clients Week launch was 70 new TPN enrollments, okay? That was based on the same launch that we did in September of 2022, so one year previously when we did the exact same launch with less than half as many people registered and less than half as many people getting the emails from my email list, and we enrolled 33 people in that promotion in September 2022, So with a way bigger registration this time and way more people getting sold to all summer long to prepare for the doors opening, I've been saying for three months straight, doors are opening September 14th, mark your calendar, doors are opening September 14th, mark your calendar. It was a very reasonable goal 
to expect 70 new enrollments at least. This was not a stretch goal. (laughs) In fact, it was probably low based on the amount of registrations that we had and the email list size that we had in comparison to before. So this is another plus for doing the same promotions multiple times. Like I've already said, you have data to compare against. You kind of have a baseline to know where you're at, which is really, really, really helpful. Okay, so some of the things that were different this launch are as follows. I want to let you know that most of the emails get repurposed from previous launches. We look at how did the email perform? Were people opening it up? Were they clicking? What was the click rate? We can see actually down to the link. If there's like three different links in the email, we can see down to which link, which one is getting clicked on. So we are making decisions on subject lines and repurposing emails and adding testimonials and where the links go based on actual data on what's working and what worked last time. So that's really cool. You have to have that data to compare though, which is what I'm going to be showing you next week on the webinar. Just saying you should probably be there. (laughs) Okay. So things that were different in this launch, even though a lot of the copy that's going out in the emails is the same and the videos of the training itself is the same. There were some new things that we did. And here's the cool thing. When you are doing a lot of the same stuff that's getting repeated, tweak and repeat what's working, you have a lot more space to add on to it. So instead of doing a completely new launch format, a completely new um, title and a new theme and a new teaching and like all of the assets of it being new, what we like to do and what I like to do works really well for my brain in particular is to think about, okay, well, how are we going to get creative with the marketing and do extra fun new marketing stuff, which is where I do like to stretch my creative wings and not on the actual content itself that's going to be going out during the launch. So one thing that we did new this launch is we had a big affiliate push. We, for the first time, had students in the Profitable Nutritionist program already able to sign up with affiliate links to promote to their audiences. And they actually earned commission for people that they referred that became students during the launch. And we have done this loosely before. Like I have done some prizes for people that refer a lot of people. It's been informal to say the least. Okay. We do have a lot of really successful students in the program that are singing the praises of the program all over the place. And that's a big concept that I teach over deliver to your clients, get them great results, and they're going to go and do your marketing for you. And we are a great example of that because most of the people that come into the program are referred by someone that's already in there. So we wanted to take it to the next level and do an actual affiliate promotion, like with links that we could track on an affiliate dashboard. Like it it just was a lot more formal this time. It was a a lot more systematized instead of in the past where that has been happening, but it has been informal. Okay. So the affiliate push with swipe copy and everything that went along with that was something new that we did in preparation of the launch. And we had a lot more people registered for the training than we've had before. We also had some schools that were promoting the content um, that were new. We I have always had several schools that promote to their students, but we had some new ones. So we had a lot more people that were coming to this training, a lot more people registered, which was great. I also did a new look like behind the scenes video that was sent on the first day that enrollment was open. And that showed inside the program with me explaining the different facets of it, what the dashboard looked like, and that performed really, really well. So that's something we will definitely continue to do in the future. We had more sales emails that were added. And another thing that was a big up level for this launch, and maybe 
from the like from the audience standpoint looking in, you wouldn't necessarily notice this, but I noticed this <laughs> was that there were testimonials in every email and sometimes there were multiple testimonials in each email. And the reason for that is and we've had testimonials before, of course, but the reason that there were more of them is because we have internally really upgraded our testimonial collection and organization process as a company. And so it was really easy for me to find the emails. They're like categorized beautifully. So I knew if I was writing an email about mindset, I could go into the testimonial database, search mindset, and it would populate with a bunch of testimonials specifically about mindset, for example. So it was really easy for me to grab testimonials and put them into our emails this time. So there were more of them. That was just an aside. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so the emails are going out Monday through Wednesday for the training videos, like I said, and we're getting um, more support requests from people saying that they aren't getting the emails when this started happening. Okay. Remember the launch format is Monday through Thursday. They're getting training videos. And then on Thursday, they're also starting to get notified that now enrollment is open for the program. So if they want to take it to the next level, they can join the Profitable Nutritionist program between Thursday and the following Wednesday when the doors will be closing until the next quarter. Okay. So we're getting more support requests than usual from people saying that they aren't getting the emails and asking, can we resend them? I didn't get the day one training. I didn't get the day two training. And that's not weird, to be honest. That happens every time you, the more people that you are sending to, the more customer support requests you're going to have. Like it just happens. People register late or they miss the initial emails or they're in their junk folder or they just don't know how to internet. <laughs> These are the things that happen. So that part isn't weird. It just seemed like there were significantly more of them. We thought internally that the uptick in those support email requests was because there were almost three times as many people registered to the training this time as we had had in the past. So it was to be expected that there would be more people that were confused or not getting the links. Now, in retrospect, that was not the reason. <laughs> but as it was starting and as it was happening, we're like, okay, well, that I mean, yeah, that must be because there's just a lot more people here. All right. So Thursday morning, enrollment is now open for the TPN program, and we do have new students coming in. Remember, I have been saying since the doors closed in May on the last launch, mark your calendar, September 14th is when enrollment is going to be open. Mark your calendar, September 14th is when enrollment is going to be open. Perfect. So people have marked their calendar. You know who you are. Amazing. Go you. And they have registered. They've been planning on it. They know they're coming in the program. Perfect. They're there on day one, which is great. So we do have new students coming in. I only check the enrollment numbers during a launch first thing in the morning. Now I'm a super early bird. So when I'm up at like four or four 30 in the morning, I make my coffee. I kind of do my thing. And when I open up my computer to start the day, if we're launching, I will check what the enrollment numbers were from the day before. That is the only time Then I don't check it at all until the following morning. Why do I do that? Because I have lived launch life where I am on pins and needles for the entire launch, waiting for emails to come in, notifying me that we have new students. And I is just very high anxiety all the time, even, even when it's working and it's exciting and there's people coming in, coming in, coming in. Um, it still is like, I'm always checking, refreshing, refreshing the inbox, refreshing the inbox. I don't like to do that. It's not a good use of my time. It's not a good use of my energy. And so I protect that by just having a protocol for myself that I check enrollment numbers once per day. So on Friday morning, I checked the numbers <laughs> and there were six new students from day one. Okay. 
So like I said, I had been hyping up the date for a month. So it was not surprising that some people would have joined on day one, but that was still low considering how much buzz there had been about the program, how many people had been emailing in advance, checking the dates to make sure that they had the date right, asking any clarifying questions that they had after they had been looking at the sales page. It just seemed low. So I coached myself in my launch journal and I actually did a peer coaching session later that day as well because it was plaguing me that only six people had joined. It just felt off. So I told my director of operations, Raven, that something felt really off and we started digging into it. And it was not cause for panic, but it was like, ah, I don't know. This feels funky. Okay. So that day on Friday, now remember my calendar is clear. I have literally nothing else I need to do. No meetings, no content to create. Nothing is happening other than me thinking about this launch, me thinking about the new clients coming in, me making plans for them, like dreaming about them and having availability to address any 911s that come up. That's that's what my launch calendar looks like, which is a good thing because this did turn into a 911. So Raven and I dug into it and we figured out that there was a substantial amount of people on the email list that were artificially opted out, meaning they were not getting sent the training emails, they were not getting sent the sales emails in our email software. Okay. This is a problem. <laughs> the bigger problem here is that we had migrated to a new email service provider so that we could have better metrics and better control over the email sending up to our entire list. And we had done this in July. So this was our first big launch that was being sent out through our new email system. And I have to reiterate that the reason that we moved systems was so we would have more control over the emails and we would be able to dial them in even better, have better deliverability, be able to see what was working and what wasn't working, collect more data. That's a theme of this whole podcast episode. So there was a reason that we had changed email service providers. This was the first launch as we were going through the system with them. And previously, we did not have the the same kind of way. I'm not going to get into the weeds of how this works, but it wasn't the same process for people opting out and unsubscribing as it was in the new email software. And what was happening is there were a lot of people that were showing that they had opted out, but they hadn't actually opted out. Okay. So we dug in. We spent hours on the chat support, on the softwares, with contractors, with people that we had hired to do this email migration in the first place. And again, we had spent a lot of time and money and effort and energy and forethought and planning to do this email migration because my business is such an email heavy business. Okay. Email is our thing. <laughs> so we need to have the email really dialed in. This is not an afterthought by any means. It's really important for us to spend a lot of time and money and bandwidth and energy and all of that on the emails. So that's why we had done this in the first place. Okay. So we spent hours with some of those contractors that had helped us migrate over with people that were super experts in email deliverability and on the platform that we were using. And we tried to figure out why this was happening. Okay. Long story long, we ended up having to reset something in our domain or our IP, IP settings, something like that, something with the email sending settings, which took 12 hours to take effect to fix the issue. Now, this was maddening to me because you don't want to just go change settings. <laughs> you don't just want to go change your email settings and be like, oh yeah, that's going to be totally fine. No problems are going to come from that, said no one ever that has any tech experience at all. You know that that could really break things even worse. Okay, we had to do it. We didn't have a choice, we had to do it. So I'm so glad in retrospect that we had the flexibility and the bandwidth to dig in at the level that we did to figure this out, to reset the IP settings, whatever it was. I can't remember if it was the 
the sending domain or the IP settings. Those are two different things. We'll get into that, but we're not going to get too far into it because you don't need to know anywhere near as much as I know about email settings (laughs) at this stage of the game, (laughs) which I have learned from this launch. Okay. It just meant ultimately that we had to break our own system of having all of the emails that were going out um, scheduled. We had to unschedule every single email that was pre-scheduled and we had to do that and send them manually because there was also something, some glitch going on in the email software where we send from where people that were getting added to the list, like they were registering late, they were getting added, they were not getting sent the emails, the sending lists weren't updating as new people purchased, it wasn't tagging them and sending them the correct emails. It was, it was just, it was a whole thing. Okay. So this was a big loss of efficiency and a loss of time because we had to unschedule everything that was scheduled and do it in real time. So we're sending three, four, five emails a day. Those have to all be manually scheduled, proofed, and sent right before they're going to send so that we can make sure everybody that's supposed to be getting them is getting them. It wasn't fun. Okay, (laughs) It really, really wasn't fun. So that was the first big tech issue that we found. Even as the emails seemed to be getting better deliverability over the weekend because we did the IP reset that took effect by Saturday morning-ish, and we saw that that we're getting better deliverability. More people are getting it, are getting the emails. The enrollment numbers were still down and I knew something was still wrong. So I'm not panicking at this point. And I, I mean, truly, I'm not going to panic the entire launch anyway, because have you ever heard the saying, like, don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff? That's how I feel about this. Nobody's dying here from a launch that goes well or doesn't go well. It's all going to be okay. So panic is never going to happen here. But I I do want to figure out what's going on. And if there's something we can fix, I do want to fix it. Okay, so I know enrollment numbers are down compared to what I would expect them to be. And this wasn't because of the usual mid-launch slump, okay? This is because I knew how many people normally joined and when they joined. I have actual data on this. I can't emphasize this enough. Launching and big promotions are emotional roller coasters. And if you don't have solid data, and if you are not using actual numbers to make decisions off of, you are going to go off the rails during the emotional lows. For real, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. How do I know? Because I've done it many times. It's not the move. That's for sure. So by Monday morning of the final cart open week. So now remember the cart is going to be open until midnight on Wednesday. So this is Monday morning. We have had 14 enrollments so far, which is fabulous for those 14 people. Okay. I do not want to in any way undermine how grateful I am for them to be in the program and to get amazing results and for what it's going to do for their life and for their business. So I'm very grateful for those 14 people. However, it's not even close to what I expected by Monday morning of this launch based on the amount of people that are engaged, that are registered, that are on the email list, all of that. Okay. In my launch email uh, or my launch journal that morning, I did a lot of useful belief creation, which my TPN students and my mastermind students will recognize. It's a It's an exercise that I teach in the programs. And I was doing the useful belief creation around the belief, I am whole no matter how many people join in this launch. Basically, I was doing an entire journaling session on how I needed to cultivate a feeling of sufficiency, which is what I was doing, and safety. And that was a really big deal at that point, is reminding myself that I am whole, I am safe, I am my life is great no matter how many people join in this launch, okay? I can lead my team towards an outcome of keeping our sanity, figuring it out, learning from this experience, 
not losing our minds <laughs> while we figure out what's going on. I can do that from a place of sufficiency and from safety. I cannot do that from a place of panic and I don't know what to do and I'm confused. No good decisions are going to be made from that point. So I want to just call out here the practice of coaching yourself, of managing your mind, and of having your own shit together is very, very <laughs> important during a launch, especially if things aren't going right. Okay. Like I've said before, we track every single email. We track the click numbers for every link in those emails. We track the traffic to the sales page. We track the conversion numbers from the sales page to the checkout page. We track the checkout page to the welcome to the program page, making sure that people that buy are getting where they need to go. We track all of this on dedicated dashboards, okay? So in real time, we're looking at these dashboards, we're looking at the metrics. We know that most people aren't clicking from the emails to the program sales page, which means they probably aren't getting the emails. Now, I know from the past that a certain percentage of people click from the emails to check out the sales page and look at the program. If that's not happening, I'm guessing they're not getting the emails because the copy in the emails hasn't changed that much and the emails themselves are pretty much the same. Okay, so... Like I said, we have these dashboards for email deliverability to different platforms. We are looking at the numbers. We are seeing what is happening to Gmail, like how many of those are getting open? What about Hotmail? What's happening over here? And we can actually see this in great detail. So we are looking at this and we're seeing, huh, in black and white spelled out in the numbers, for sure, iCloud, Hotmail, Outlook, any other Microsoft-based email platforms are not getting our emails. Okay. That's a problem. And then we could also see the deliverability was lower in Gmail and Yahoo and the other ones than they normally would be. Those were higher than the Microsoft ones. The Microsoft was just like not even happening, but the other ones were also low. Okay, so now <laughs> we have to figure out why, 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 why? Okay, we did eventually figure it out, so I'm gonna get to that. But I wanna point out that if and when this happens to you and you don't have data to look at, like you don't have these dashboards. You don't know what the open rates are and the click rates to the pro to the platforms and the this and that. You don't have the numbers. You and I in the past for sure will go to a place of they don't want this. My copy isn't compelling. The messaging is off. They think it's too expensive. They don't see the value. Oh my gosh, I think I need to create a lower priced offer. That's what I need. The They don't think I can help them. They're shopping around. People aren't motivated to invest in themselves. Uh, these are the wrong people. These are all my hardest clients. All of these thoughts are what's going to come up because that's what our brains do if left to their own devices. <laughs> They're just going to go to that place. They're going to take it personally, and they're going to be very, very dramatic. That's what brains do. Our brains assume that we are the problem. It's going to tell us we are the problem or something we created is the problem, like our offer or our process. Like this is all on us. They don't like us. They don't like our process. They don't like our offer. They don't like our price. They don't like how we're doing it. But as I'm going to show you in a moment, that would have been a very, very, very wrong problem to solve during this launch. The lack of enrollments was not a messaging problem. It was not a pricing problem. It was not any of those things. It was a problem of the message not getting delivered in the first place. Okay. So at this point, which is Monday-ish, I think that this is Monday where I'm at right now in, in the saga, we also realized that the countdown timer in the emails wasn't working and it was stuck saying six days of enrollment or six days until enrollment closes, even though it was two days. We were just like, oh my gosh, what 
next? Like at this point, we're just laughing. We're like, what, what even can keep happening? So the countdown timer in the emails counts down until midnight on Wednesday of the cart close to let you know when you're opening the emails, okay, this is very time sensitive and it's happening in real time. You can see the timer is clicking back to let you know you have this amount of time until the cart closes. Okay. Kind of a problem. If it says there's six days and change until the cart closes, if there isn't six days, that. <laughs> That's really not how that's supposed to work. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that was a new countdown timer widget that we were using. Lesson learned there. Just, it was so much. Okay. So we kept rolling up our sleeves and we're figuring it out. Like I said, we're keeping a very, like we're keeping things humorous at this point because don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff. Okay. We're figuring it out. We're going to figure this out. And we're going to learn from it. And I'm going to get to teach you all of these things in this episode. And I'm sure many, many beyond this from what we learned here. So it's all good. Okay. Raven and I and a few of our tech contractors at this point are on the case of the email sending. I was less involved in that. Like she was really spending hours and hours and hours with people on Zoom calls on support with these contractors trying to figure out the email sending issue. Why are people still, we've reset the IP, we've done the things that were the low hanging fruit, even though they were scary, but why are people still not getting the emails? I think that we figured out by this point how to make sure people weren't artificially getting opted out and unsubscribed, even though they hadn't unsubscribed, it was a whole thing. Okay, so she's really on the case on that. I... I'm doing other things, okay? I was getting scrappy sending Loom videos and emails from a different email address that I knew it would probably send from since the other one seemed like it wasn't sending. And I was sending those to people who had shown interest in the program, but they likely weren't getting the emails about the program now, so I was following up with them. We also sent an email broadcast from Kajabi from our old email um, service provider and our old domain that we had been sending from prior to July. Now, were people getting emails from there anymore? Well, that had gone cold by this point. What's that you say? You don't understand cold and warm domains? Yes, I didn't either. (laughs) (laughs) really until now. But now I really understand that because that is also a thing. If you haven't been sending emails for a while, it's going to be cold, your domain and all of that is going to be registering as cold and you have to warm it up to get ultimate deliverability. It's a whole thing. Okay. So we just said, well, we're going to do a Hail Mary from Kajabi, see if that old domain will deliver to people. And we were asking for them to let us know if they weren't getting the other emails. So if you had been subscribed for a while prior to July and were on our Kajabi database, getting emails from that other email address, which has now changed as we changed email service providers, you would probably got that email. And then you may have been one of the people that responded and confirmed that you weren't getting the other emails from our new email domain at the new email service provider. Okay, so we were getting data. At this point, it's like, we gotta just figure out what the heck is going on here. Everyone was so helpful. Like, nope, I'm not getting those. Yep, I'm getting some of them, but not as many as you usually send. Not really sure what's going on there. People are amazing, by the way. If you're one of those that gave feedback, I am just so grateful. Okay, so we're getting scrappy. We're trying to figure it out. In the background of all of this going on, This is Monday into Tuesday. Now it's early Wednesday. That morning I wake up to 21 enrollments, okay? Goal was 70, which was not a stretch goal. (laughs) That was a very realistic goal. Now we're on the last day of the enrollment and we have 21 enrollments. Okay, we know that in the background we have figured out some email service providers are they called email service providers or like, I think that that's what you would call it. Not that you're sending from, but that you're receiving from like Gmail or Hotmail or Yahoo, wherever your email address is from. We know that some of those are blocking our IP address. We figured that out on Tuesday night. 
that they're actively blocking our IP address. Okay, so why would that happen? What does that even mean? Well, like I said, I now know a lot more about this than I used to, and I will tell you that there's such things as dedicated IP addresses and shared IP addresses. And going back to this warm and cold email domain situation, um, I'm gonna try to keep this high level because I don't want you to get in the weeds on it and probably I'm getting it wrong anyway. So I'm gonna tell you to the best of my understanding at a high level how this works. You have your sending domain. So for us, it is hello at theprofitablenutritionist.com or m.theprofitablenutritionist. Hello at m.theprofitablenutritionist.com is actually what our sending domain is. So that is where the emails send from. You have to have a good rating basically and be warmed up from that domain to send out through your email service provider, which is wherever you're sending your emails from, whether that's Kajabi or um, MailChimp or MailerLite or wherever it is that you're sending your emails from, you need to be warmed up in there, meaning you send emails, they get good engagement, people don't mark them as spam, people open them up, people click links in them. Those are all good indicators that you're sending valuable content and you have a reputable domain that you're sending from. Now, if you were to send a bunch of spam, that would be a problem and that your domain would get blocked, okay? If you send emails about censorable topics, if you know, you know, (laughs) if this is you, if you do that, you could get blocked, meaning the all-knowing email service scanners are going to say, nope, this is content that should not be going out. This is this is um, goes against the standards, et cetera, et cetera, and they will block that. And then little do you know, you're sending out these emails, but nobody's actually getting them because you don't know that your domain or your IP address is blocked. Okay, so the domain is yours. That is attached to you. The IP, is the IP address? I mean, I know that that's to your website. It's whatever. I think that that is actually what it's called, but it's something like that. Now I'm feeling like I should have went and done a quick Google search before I started using words. But anyway, I'm pretty sure that it's the IP address that is associated with your email sending from your email service provider. That also has to be reputable. And if it isn't, that can get blocked, even though you're sending emails that are just fine. If that server, your the server that you're sending from is blocked, you're going to have issues. And unless you are sending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of emails every month, you're not going to have your own IP server, IP address. Now I'm like, is it server? Is it address? I'm second guessing myself. Can you hear me? Second guessing it? Okay. Anyway, whatever. The IP that is associated with your sending domain, that is not going to be something that is only you unless you pay for that. And if you did, like you would know, you would already know you have a dedicated um, server for yourself, for your business, and you would be solely responsible for keeping that warm and having good engagement because it's yours. Now, since most of us don't have that, most of us don't have a big enough audience. We're not sending enough emails. We're not sending them frequent enough. We don't have our own dedicated IP. We are sending through shared IP addresses from our email service providers. So there's a bunch of different businesses, a bunch of different people that are sending emails all through that same shared IP address. And that keeps it warm. That keeps the deliverability good. I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me because it's like, if this is a problem, then why can't we just do away with like rating the IP addresses? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me, but that's a different discussion. I'm sure there's a reason. I just don't understand it. But those are shared. If you are a normal business listening to this, it's going to be shared. So if somebody else that has that same IP server sending from that same 
IP sending address that you are is doing something funky and they are getting banned or they're sending a bunch of spam or they're doing something terrible and like they cause it to get blocked, you could get blocked too. So that is what ended up happening to us. Now that's like five minutes of your life you'll never get back. So I'm sorry if this isn't making any sense. But the point is because of the way email sending works through email service providers, there's a lot that you have control over with your own domain and your own sending domain. And then there's some that you don't have control over because you're sending through shared IP addresses. And we got burned. Someone that was sending through the same place that we were sending through. And I'm not going to give names on what that is because I don't want... I, I We're in the process of transitioning off of this platform into a new one. And later I will do a whole... Like I'll do a whole recap on that after it's done and dusted and I have a lot to say about it and I have a better option. I'll do some teaching on it. But for right now, I don't want to talk about it when we're in the middle of it, because what if the next place that we try isn't great? You know what I'm saying? Okay. So once we have this dialed, I'll come back to that. But the point is where we were sending from had um, a low barrier to entry, even though we were spending a lot of money to send emails through there and get really good data. Apparently they have a way that you can sign up to send emails through there that is very cheap and sometimes free. And so people that are spamming or that are, I, I don't even know if there's anything other than spamming, but questionable business practices use that to send emails because it is a low cost. And so for that reason, apparently it is known that this can be a problem. Nobody told us that this could be a problem. I would have happily said, can we just pay more to go a direction where this isn't going to be an issue, but lessons learned. So there were other businesses that had burned that shared IP address that our emails were also getting sent from that got flagged from specifically Microsoft, which is Hotmail. iCloud also was one of them. Outlook, all of those emails. And then some others that were registering, starting to filter and not deliver as well in addition to that. And the reason that we knew that is because there are certain websites that you can go to to see if you're on block list. Um, again, I know a lot more about this than I used to. And so looking at those websites, we could see what we were blocked from. And there's n like no content that I had sent that was that would have warranted that. It was from the shared IP thing. So moving forward, we are going to be on a different platform. We have a dedicated account manager that's going to be looking for that. We are really on it with the shared IP sending server issue, all of that. We just know so much more. But for you, and as I think about this in the past, I probably wouldn't have known if that was happening. Maybe this has happened to us before and we just didn't know. Now we are collecting a lot more data, much more diligently to look at. Like I said, we had done this entire email migration to get onto a platform where we could really see exactly how many emails are getting sent to each platform and all of that. So without that level of detail and the data that we were looking at, I'm not sure that we would have caught it. I definitely would have known something was off. Maybe this has happened before, but now that we know those different websites that you can go to to see if you're on a block list, I will, would make that for sure part of the practice moving forward to always be looking those at those. Okay. So we know there's 21 enrollments, that's low. We know that some emails platforms are blocking our IP addresses. As of Tuesday night, we figured that out. There's nothing that we could do about that except learn from it moving forward. So we have us, we have someone else that jumped in into the emails that is sending emails via a different sending domain. So if the hello at m.theprofitablenutritionist.com is blocked because of the shared IP issues, we can send from support at theprofitablenutritionist.com or hello at theprofitablenutritionist.com. So we just started sending emails from different emails inside of um, a different email platform. 
so that we could reach out to people who had clicked on the sales page or who had been interested before and then kind of went silent (laughs) because that was happening. And Gina, who's a student in the TPN program, had offered to come in and do consults. She's like, I... I know that you don't do consults for the program, but this might be a great time to try that. So we actually had her emailing people, offering them a consult. And we did that actually for 48 hours after the cart closed. So Thursday and Friday, even though enrollment wasn't technically open anymore, if people hadn't been able to get through the sales page, they hadn't been getting the emails, but they did get one of Gina's emails, they were able to schedule a consult with her and learn firsthand from a student in the program what it was like, what they could expect, get all their questions answered. That was something that was new and was kind of a scrappy a scrappy move. (laughs) We also sent some text messages that week that I will just give you the, the, um, details on that. They had a very low click rate and low delivery rate. We typically don't send texts. I, in fact, I think we've only sent them a couple times just as a test. And there's only a couple places where we even collect phone numbers. So in the future, we would like to do more confirmations via text for things that you register for. So if there is a live webinar that you're going to or something that's time sensitive, it is really helpful to give a reminder via text so you don't miss it in the emails. But we haven't built in that process into the workflow yet. So we have been loosely collecting um, phone numbers, but we we didn't have a ton of those. We had some of them. So we sent a text out, very low click rate. I do have ideas for how to improve that in the future, but that was just one of the things that was like, hey, let's try this as a way to to get in front of people since there, our emails are not working right now. Um, here's an actual snippet from my launch journal from Wednesday. I said, I can and will learn and teach from this experience and it will be so valuable for my students. <laughs> and then I put, I need to remind them that the same is true for their business and for their clients. Whatever is not working for them right now, they can teach to others. So that's a little word of wisdom coming from my actual launch journal on Wednesday of cart close week for this launch. So we kept at it all day on Wednesday, answering questions as they came in, trying to send from different email addresses whenever possible. It was the last day of enrollment. So we were, we certainly hadn't thrown in the towel, but at this point it was just like, what else can even go wrong? <laughs> so we closed out the launch on Wednesday and on Thursday morning, I woke up to 33 enrollments. And that was really interesting because that's the exact number of enrollments that we had had in September of 2022 in the Clients Week training launch. That exact same launch one year prior, kind of fascinating, the exact same number. So it was nowhere near the goal of 70, but I will say I'm just, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of my team. We left it all on the field. And honestly, we did learn a lot during this launch. It kind of felt like we had been in battle for a week. (laughs) So we took the day off on Thursday. We just welcomed the new students in. We got excited about the impact that they're going to make and um, started to mentally kind of unpack what we had learned over the last week. So to my understanding, to recap here, here's what the big email deliverability issue was. The shared IP addresses, like I said, so for the time being, we've upgraded some settings in our existing platform to get into higher paid shared IP addresses like the, and I don't, like I said, I don't know why someone that already knew this might be a problem wouldn't have told us this initially, but you live, you learn. Okay. So we are paying more over the next few months with our emails to still be sending them from the platform that we're in right now that we've been having issues in, but full transparency, we are planning to migrate to another email platform very soon that is quite expensive, but we will have, like I said, a dedicated account specialist to help with anything like this that could potentially happen in the future. It wouldn't be us trying to 
furiously Google and watch YouTube videos and reach out to contractors, we will have kind of an account manager that will help with that. And because you pay a lot more for that platform, the shared IP issue should be resolved because I think that the the thought process here, prevailing thought is that when you have to pay a lot for something, you're probably less likely to be spamming and using uncool business practices, <laughs> right? Okay, so we are gonna keep a really close eye on that. I will be talking all about it, what we learn, the takeaways from that in the future after we have some data to evaluate. But like I said, I don't want to bring you along for that journey in real time because that might not be helpful. <laughs> okay. So we, like I said, have a lot of data that we track. That is how we are reviewing what's working and what isn't working above and beyond open rates and click rates that are reported inside of email service providers per usual. Those could be helpful to track like what's trending, but the open rates are typically very inflated. Click rates can be wrong as well. So it's not super reliable. Okay. We like to track in more detail. So we track every single part of the launch in a very specific funnel tracking dashboard so that we can improve it for next time. So we're tracking registration pages, visits, how long people are spending on the page, subject lines, headings, all of the things, you name it. It has been a huge transformation in my business to have this data at my fingertips to know exactly what to do next instead of guessing where the idea, where the areas for improvement are going to be, where the gaps are, what ideas we should try. It's very, very helpful. But this, and I guess this is where I'm also going to be a little mysterious. And I'm going to tell you that I am showing our data collection and review system next week in the behind the scenes webinar. So if you want to see that, you have to tune in to see exactly what this looks like. And if you like color coded and easy to understand numbers, and you're not really a numbers person and you don't want to be a numbers person, but you want the information, <laughs> you are going to love what I have to share. So register for that at theprofitablenutritionist.com slash profit if you haven't already. All right, to recap, launching and this level of data collection and evaluation and everything that I've just talked about with you is advanced. Like I said in the beginning, but I just need to say this again, this is advanced. You do not need to worry about this in the beginning of your business when your goal is getting scrappy, figuring out your messaging, learning how to sell, learning how to make money, learning how to help your clients. That is a different skill set. Okay. At that point, it's just all about your messaging and it's all about your belief in yourself and your belief in your people and your belief that you'll figure it out, <laughs> which is great. So don't feel like this is something that you need to undertake in the beginning of your business. But as you grow and you are setting up to scale and you are going to have these launches and ads and different sales pages that you're trying out and testing out copy and more referral sources and all of that, you are going to make way better decisions if you are looking at numbers to guide those decisions and not your feelings in the moment when you're spiraling, like happens during launches. Is that dramatic to say spiraling? Yes, <laughs> probably. But launching is a whole thing. And if you've done it, you know, if you know, you know, it's one of those. Okay. I'm going to read you part of the launch evaluation before I sign off on this one and let you ponder your launch life a little bit. Here is part of this evaluation. Now, again, Raven and I did this post-launch, which is the most important part. We do this every time. We didn't do this only because it didn't go well. We do this every single launch, every single promotion. We have a dedicated meeting where we really evaluate and we figure out what went well first and foremost. You have to intentionally look for the positives first before you decide what you're going to do differently next time. So I'm not going to read you what didn't go well and what we're going to do differently next time because we've kind of talked a lot about the what didn't go well, but I want to bring you through 
the what did go well. This is the first part of the evaluation and it is the most important part. You have to, have to, have to bring your brain to a place of this is working. You have to look for the gold. You have to mine for the nuggets and figure out what is working well first before you can, I would say, effectively and uh, neutrally look at what you need to correct for next time. So here's what went well. First of all, this is what we actually have in the Google Doc that this is stored in. We didn't lose our mind. We had 33 new amazing students join the program. Andrea had emails done and ready to schedule well in advance. It was something that definitely went well. Launch week calendar was wide open as planned, something that definitely went well. We had testimonials in every email. They were way easier to find and use this launch. We had people that bought on day one. Amazing. We had the highest ever registrations for the training. We had affiliates promote and make significant amount of sales. The affiliate process went really well from signing up to having access to the swipe assets and all of that. We set up systems for multiple people relying to customer service emails on the fly, which actually worked well. So this is in regards to having Gina come in and help with reaching out to people and getting scrappy and our new new temporary email system with a new sending domain, all of that. We had people eager for the training. People were chomping at the bit for the training and they were letting us know if they weren't getting the emails. That's something that went very, very well. We learned so much about email deliverability, which will translate to better results as we continue to grow. And we can teach on this experience and save others from some of these headaches. <laughs> Remember, a launch is for data collection. It's for list building. It's for building excitement. And of course it is for sales. You launch because you want to make sales. But if you're focusing only on the sales aspect, it is such a huge missed opportunity. And it's going to leave you feeling depleted and exhausted when you inevitably don't make your goals. Because a lot of the time you won't. That's just part of business. And that's part of about having big goals is you're not going to make them a lot of the time. So you have to celebrate the progress of just doing a launch. You have to. You have to figure out what went well. You have to look at the underlying positives that might not be obvious when you're freaking out. That's just part of it. It's okay. Even if you don't get the sales results that you expected, there's so much gold in there to mine for for the next time. I promise. And as a last point, I will add that having a mastermind of peers that you can lean on when this inevitably happens is going to make your launch life and your business life so much less stressful. I am so grateful for having my peers to lean on during this launch so they could help me with ideas and resources and most of all, just normalizing all of the feels and all of the pressure that comes up like it does during the mid-launch slump or when things just really aren't working like they didn't this time. I didn't talk a lot about that in my process here, but just know that all week long, I was reaching out to other successful business owners that are in my mastermind. And I was like, hey, what do you see here? What do you see here? I'm so grateful for being able to get their perspective and get coaching around that and having people that get what I'm doing and can give me sound and sane advice to help me make better decisions because they're there to support me and they understand it and they have a business like mine and they get what I'm doing. And we, a lot of the time, do not have that with our personal our personal sphere of influence in our life. They don't get our business. They don't understand what I'm, what we're doing and trying to get advice on what to do and troubleshoot in a launch that isn't working out. For example, from someone that doesn't have this type of a business and doesn't understand it can usually yield some interesting tactics. <laughs> that may not be the best for your business long-term. Let's just leave it at that. So this is 
critical. It's important. Being surrounded by people who get it, having a support system and being able to get sound coaching and strategy advice when the shit hits the fan as as it does is really, really critical. That is what you get as part of the Streamline and Scale Mastermind. So I'm going to just leave that with you right now. Applications are opening up on October 30th and you can get all of the information at theprofitablenutritionist.com slash mastermind. That's where you can find out all about the six-month mastermind container, the whole experience, what's included, how to know if you're ready for the investment, what the application process looks like, all of that. So like I said, applications for the January round, which is going to be January to July, of 2024 open on October 30th and there are limited spots available. They will fill fast. Okay. Most of the spots are already accounted for and there are just a few remaining. So if you are going to be beachside with me in Cancun in January at the live event where we kick off the mastermind, you have to get on the wait list and get your ducks in a row to apply first thing on October 30th. And you do that at the details page, which is the profitable nutritionist.com slash mastermind. And if you are listening in the future, past the October 30th application date, you can always get the dates of the next application on that same page. And like I said at the beginning, all of the links that I mentioned in this episode are linked up in the show notes. I know there were quite a few. I kept rattling them off. So know that you can always get those in the show notes of the episode. That was a lot. (laughs) So with that, my friend, have a wonderful week knowing that we all have those total flop experiences in business. It's not a problem whatsoever. If you are willing to just put on your scientist lab coat and dig into the data and figure out what happened and learn from it for the next time. I know that's what I do. And I hope you do too. It makes this whole business journey a lot more enjoyable. My friend, does growing your business over the summertime, the busiest three months of the year seem possible to you? How about if I tell you, you can do it in five to 10 hours each week? Uh, Yeah, I thought that would get your attention. Great. Behind the scenes here at the Profitable Nutritionist headquarters, we have been planning something really big for you. In fact, this is something we've never done before. A live challenge all about efficiency, time management, and delegating. The challenge officially starts on Monday, May 13th, and my friend, you are invited. During our five days together, plus some extras that I'm keeping as a surprise for now, you are actually going to be getting access to completely updated, brand new paid content from inside the Profitable Nutritionist program. And in this content, I teach you exactly how to structure your work for the next 90 days, including exactly what to focus on and how to lay out your calendar and your to-do list so it all gets done. We actually do an entire day's training on how to retrain your brain to procrastination-proof your top priority tasks. Those are the ones that make you the most money in the shortest amount of time, by the way. (laughs) Yes, you will walk away from this totally free challenge with a rock-solid plan for June, July, and August, all plugged in to a color-coded calendar system that is the stuff dreams are made of. The challenge is called Summertime 2.0. Again, it's brand new material to get you out of overwhelm so you can cruise into the busiest time of year feeling organized and focused while your business bank account balance just climbs up and up and up, hopefully while you are poolside or beachside. (laughs) I've taught free trainings before, but what I've never done is combine it with live Q&A, implementation sessions, coaching calls, and done-for-you resources. My friend, this is a totally different experience than anything we've ever done before. That is what you are getting in Summertime 2.0. I'm holding nothing back. Remember, this is actual paid content from inside my program, which you get a sneak peek into for five days straight. The dates are May 13th to the 19th. You are going to learn everything you need to know 
about time management, prioritizing, creating time boundaries, how to say no to people and opportunities that are costing you money in your business, and how to actually stick to your calendar and finish your to-do list each week, including live Q&A with me where you can ask all of your questions. So do I have you sold? I sure hope so. <laughs> to register for the challenge, go to theprofitablenutritionist.com slash time, T-I-M-E. Remember, we officially start on May 13th. It goes through May 17th, but there are a few pre-party happenings going on. So make sure you register right now and don't miss out. The challenge is brand new material delivered in a completely new way that is going to have you loving the boring topic of time management. I promise. (laughs) And the best part is it's totally free. Register right now at theprofitablenutritionist.com slash time.